Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Erin Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this supplemental episode, we have an interview with Nisha Sharma, author of the upcoming young adult novel, My So-Called Bollywood Life, out May 15th from Crown Books. Before we begin, we would like to respectively acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt, you and I are officially on vacation. Mm-hmm. We're getting on a flight to Chicago today. Yep. But before we go, we have a uh, supplemental episode for everyone to, to tide them over to our next regular episode. It's because we love our fans so damn much. <laughs> and because we really wanted to promote uh, this new book coming out by Nisha Sharma, My So-Called Bollywood Life. It's a young adult novel about a high school girl in her senior year who loves Bollywood and wants to go to NYU to be a film critic. But in her senior year, her romantic life starts to untangle, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It's a really enjoyable book, uh, and we hope that you uh, pick it up. And without further ado, here's our interview with Nisha. All right, so we are talking to Nisha Sharma, author of My So-Called Bollywood Life. Uh, How are you? I'm good, thanks. Great, great. So uh, this is a new uh, young adult uh, book coming out on May 15th. And what can you tell our listeners about the story? Um, My so-called Bollywood life is about a New Jersey teenager who is obsessed with Bollywood movies. And uh, she'd received a prophecy from um, an astrologer, a family astrologer, when she was young that she would find her soulmate before she turned 18 and his name would start with an R and he'd give her a silver bracelet. And uh, she thought she had found the love of her life um, in her, in her boyfriend, but he broke up with her uh, right before her senior year starts. So she has to sort of navigate her senior year, um, trying to figure out whether or not her prophecy was ever true, if it could still be true um and there's an, another man who kind of mm-hmm. steps into the picture and um it's it's a pseudo love triangle even though you know that the ex-boyfriend is going to be an ex and yeah. um uh in in the end it's it's really just a battle between free will and destiny and um winnie's love for bollywood movies throughout you know guiding her throughout the whole process i have to say the title was one of the things that first grabbed me Partly because I love my so-called life. <laughs> so when I saw my so-called Bollywood life and then uh, when I read that it was about a, a, a high school student who was obsessed with film, uh, I just knew, like, I was like, oh, this is... Well, that spoke to you. This, you, exactly, you were a high school... Exactly, it spoke to me. Yeah, you were a high school <laughs> On a very, student. like, fundamental level. Yeah. So the book takes place in uh, New Jersey. Mm. And apart from uh, what Eros Now's offices are in New Jersey. Well, we, Eros's offices are yeah, in New Jersey. We don't really know right. much about the uh, the Hindi film scene there. Is it like is it easy to catch a film in uh, New Jersey? Um, so uh, New Jersey has, I think, the second or third. I can't remember, but um, second or third largest population of Indians in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't throw a rock without hitting like a Patel Brothers. Um, there's a huge Indian population, specifically in central Jersey and in Parsippany, um, a very big one in Jersey City, and of course the infamous Edison, New Jersey, okay. which has this mile long street of shops and restaurants and um, clothing stores, music stores, threading boutiques, everything. Uh, and 
it's a very um, connected uh, Indian um, community. It's also a really robust in terms of cultural development. So they like to do cultural shows. They like to do um, holy festivals, Diwali festivals, mm-hmm. things like that. And a lot of the major movie theaters, such as, um, you know, just like, your everyday movie theater that would play Hollywood movies also has, you know, Bollywood films like right, right after, hmm. you know, Avengers. And then there's like the next one is a Bollywood film. Cool. So it's, so not... it's like Brampton for us. Yeah. In Bram- Canada. So it's, yeah, the theaters are more uh, diversified. It's not just, you have to go to the one theater that shows a uh, Hindi films. Right. Exactly. Nice. Um, so it seems like it worked out pretty well. And uh, don't they go to Edison in the book, right? They do. Yeah. Um, I lived in, in Edison for a little bit when I was when I first graduated from college. And it was almost I want to say it was a little bit of a culture shock for me because I grew up in Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. um, I, I loved, you know, Bollywood movies. I loved Indian food. I grew up appreciating my culture. I never really questioned my bicultural existence. Um, but when I moved to Edison, I was like, I'm in heaven. This is, <laughs> this is what heaven is like. Um, so it was a shock and just an absolute joy. And I wanted to kind of capture a little bit of that, um, how accepting central Jersey is um, in the book. Yeah. Well, one thing that I found really interesting about the story is that I would say that this has a, a majority South Asian cast, uh, and I feel like that's probably fairly uncommon for a YA novel. Were there any, you know, discussions about that or anything? So um, it it is still a little new in YA, but it's getting more and more popular um, mm-hmm. to have a fully diverse cast. Um, I'm happy to be a part of that movement. In my book, when I first wrote it, there was a little bit more diversity. Um, and my publisher actually says, no, no, cut it out. Have it all be South Asians. Hmm. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And and so they were, they were definitely very supportive um, because they just wanted me to tell a story about South Asians, but it doesn't necessarily have to be about a cultural identity crisis. And that's kind of what I've always wanted to do. So it was a really good match. I did find it interesting when I was reading it, I did kind of identify with Bridget, the best friend character who isn't South Asian, but is really interested and engaged with South Asian culture. Well, that's basically our show, right? Well, yeah, but it also reminded me of, you know, uh, my relationship with one of my best friends, Juliet, who is, she's Tamil. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, that dynamic to me felt very true. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, while not being South Asian, uh, I could still identify with Winnie, but it was nice again that, you know, you're really, you're really in a world where uh, there's a, there's an immigrant culture. Mm-hmm. Um, which I found really, really yeah. interesting and really fresh for YA, to be perfectly honest. Why, well, all the YA I've read has been about a lot of white kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I hopefully I think that the trend is that it's it's becoming more diversified. It's not I shouldn't say it's a trend. I, I should say it's a movement. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the better way of describing it. It's a movement. Um, and um, the stronger the movement gets, I think the better it is for everyone because we want our fiction to mirror the communities that we live in. Yeah. So um, I think that, you know, as the movement gets stronger, the more and more we'll see books where they have a true diverse cast that re- reflects, you know, high schools and students that mm-hmm. live today. So, yeah. Did you find you were, that you were having to balance potentially expectations from the audience, people who would be reading the book who wouldn't be familiar 
with Indian culture and Bollywood and people who would be reading who are? So I wrote the book with just uh, the story in mind. I didn't really think about audience expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, My voice of reason was my editor. And the reason why I say that is because um, she would read it and she would ask me to justify certain scenes or certain movie references or certain um, actions that the main character took. And once uh, we went through that process of justification, uh, the ones that I couldn't justify that were just in there because I loved Bollywood and I loved the reference or whatever, you know, those had to be taken out. So she Hmm. was kind of my gauge for audience expectations more than anything. So did you and your editor have any uh, difficulties in adapting a visual medium to text because there are a lot of references to films and especially dream sequences mm-hmm. featuring a certain um, leading man that are very influenced by some of his films. But was there you know, difficulty in like getting that visual language into print? So that was more of a learning experience for me in terms of developing my craft. And um, my publisher, my editor definitely had a lot of input in that. But um, I think that any writer can really tackle um, uh, putting a visual medium into text. It's just a matter of developing your your uh, your ability, your writing um, capabilities. And um, I think that's probably why it took so long to come out for the book to come out, because I was really working hard at developing my craft throughout the whole process. Um, How long did it take you to write? So um, I actually wrote the book for my MFA thesis back in 2013. Um, I sold the book in 2014 and in March of 2014. And it's now 2018, so it's Mm -hmm. taken a few years. (laughs) Hmm. Um, Interesting. So in a medium that I would say is pretty conducive to being a little bit melodramatic, Mm. a.k.a. YA, why do you think, apart from maybe authors not being able to have a chance to work in it, how come there isn't more of an overlap between Bollywood and YA? Because Bollywood's pretty good at the melodrama as well. And we don't see a lot of YA Bollywood films. Off the top of my head, I can only really think of Secret Superstar. Yeah. So, um, so I first have to kind of address the YA being melodramatic um, okay. um, assessment because I feel like um, YA doesn't necessarily lend itself to melodrama hmm. teenagers lend itself to <laughs> they melodrama. do yeah fair enough and yeah characters have to be or act a certain way based on the raging hormones the the time period in their life the the difficulties they're going through but um in general the stories um you'll find a lot of them now especially um are tackling realistic uh or real issues and um i think it's just a matter of finding the right fit in terms of why, because there's so much out there. Um, so I understand what you're saying in terms of, you know, the, the overlap, why there isn't a lot, because, you know, teenagers themselves can be melodramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason why is because India over the last, I want to say five to 10 years has been going through a very difficult um, sexual revolution Mm-hmm. So because of that, a lot of the movies and now now we're dealing with nationalist issues. Um, so um, a lot of the movies have lent themselves to a certain age bracket in which the hero and heroine are sexy, they're attractive, and they kind of um, 
have this idealistic lifestyle where they have these apartments and these, you know, or they're, they're in the mob scene and, you know, they, they deal with seedy issues there. It's just, um, younger, cleaner movie, cleaner mm-hmm. <laughs> movies, I don't think are as attractive to the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that changes because, um, you know, there's so much fodder for drama um, that Bollywood could really play with, but you're right. Secret Superstar, I think is um, definitely one that comes to mind um, that became popular. I know they're doing student of the year too. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. I'm, I'm featuring me, Tiger like... Shroff, the world's oldest 17 year old. Yeah. I, I, that feels on the edge of YA Shroff. to me. Yeah. <laughs> He like that cast. It's like, wait, is this grad school or high school? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's maybe it's like a Billy Madison type situation. I mean, it could be. They tried to pull that off in um, uh, Amir Khan's movie Rang De Basanti, oh, yeah. where yeah. they're like, he's like a forty-five-year-old student. Yeah. Um, but they're like, oh, he was held back a couple times, and you know, they yeah. made a random comment about that to try to explain his his. Uh, obvious age but um it's a similar thing in three idiots yeah yeah (laughs) they just have to throw that line in there like a katrina cave studied in england (laughs) yeah they yeah there's a just kind of lampshading it i guess there's the adaptation of the fault in our stars coming out soon but that's got sushant singh rajput who again is not really in that age bracket i mean he's probably my age and i'm definitely not a high schooler (laughs) with cancer yeah, I I don't know how they're going to pull that off. I know that John Green was really excited about that, but I was kind of like casting. Yeah. Hmm. They, okay. also, they are also promising Bollywood, uh, Bollywood Archie. Archie, which yeah. when I heard about it, I was like, is it Student of the Year already Bollywood yeah. Archie? <laughs> student That's of the pretty Year. much what I thought. Um, but I think they're trying to make it a little bit more... Uh, like so Archie comics were very popular in India or mm. still popular in India like they used to give out the comics on the trains like the overnight trains mm. like people read Archie comics everywhere it it, mm. it was I think way more popular in India or is than I can even remember here growing up and um, I think that that's why they want to make the movie I just don't know how they're going to do it I'm just concerned <laughs> I want to come back to what you were saying about um, Winnie not having a crisis around her cultural identity. Because one of the things that I really liked about the book is from the get-go, Winnie doesn't have confidence problems. She doesn't, like, there's no kind of yeah. ugly duckling turning into a swan. Like, she feels mm-hmm. like a very confident character. She feels like she's, you know, deserves a good boyfriend and that to me was really refreshing because I feel like I grew up with a lot of a lot of YA novels and a lot of teen movies. I think of something like The Princess Diaries, where someone has to undergo, like the main character has to undergo a transformation. But from the get-go, she seems pretty confident and self-assured about herself. The crisis comes from the prophecy. Was that a deliberate choice? That was. I definitely wanted to write a heroine that was a little bit more self-assured, that she didn't have any concerns or questions really about who she was as a person, uh, where she wanted to go. And that's because I remember the same thing when I was growing up, I didn't really see a lot of that in YA fiction. And, um, I, I was one of those people. Mm -hmm. Um, 
as so, you know, I always knew what I wanted. I always knew where I wanted to go. I knew other South Asian girls who were just like me and, and we were very driven. And, um, and I think that that kind of personality, um, deserved to be highlighted in a, in a book. So other teenagers who have that same background could see themselves in, in a story. She had a bit of an Elizabeth Bennett thing going. I, I, I caught that. Yeah, I was, um, I've always loved Pride and Prejudice. So I have a tendency to, um, kind of weave it in wherever I can and everything that I write. Well, mission accomplished. Um, Thank you. so, uh, Matt loves Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. It's one of my favorite books. So yeah. I, I was definitely on board with that. Director, uh, Gurinder Chadha, she, uh, shows up as a fairly important character in the book and in the acknowledgement, she, she seems to have played an important role in actually helping you make the book. Do you think you could yeah. talk about that for a little bit? Sure. So I, after I wrote the book for my MFA thesis, um, I had to present it. So I read it to um, my classmates, the other professors at the university. And um, one of the professors was Susan Cartsonis, who is the director, producer um, of movies uh, like What Women Want, mm. uh, The Duff, um, I love she, the deaf. <laughs> so she's done, she did the deaf. She's done a lot of really um, fun kids movies. And um, she, I guess she's, you know, saw something or heard something. So she reached out to me on Facebook and she's like, can I read the manuscript? And I, of course, wasn't going to say no. So I sent it to her. And then two weeks later, she texted me and she's like, um, I have a friend who's coming to town and I really want to share the manuscript with her. And I was like, Oh, okay. Who is it? And she's like, Gurinder Chadha. And I'm like, wait, wait, wow. wait, wait, <laughs> the one, the one who directed, produced and wrote Bend It Like Beckham. And, and she's like, Hey, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and, um, so I said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not stupid again. So, <laughs> so yeah, sh share it with her. So she did. And actually after they read it, both of them came back with notes. So they were like, you know, we're film people and, you know, we know that you are passionate about film, but you are not in film. You are not a film person. So, you know, we, we want to share with you some notes and they gave me like 10 pages of it. Wow. And, they, they were actually the first ones to really edit the book. So um, I went through and I added their revisions and I sent it back to them and they're like, we love it. We want to purchase film rights. So, wow. um, nice. So Grinder and Susan both um, uh, own the film rights for my so-called Bollywood life. And um, I told Grinder, Grinder, like originally it was Mira Nair, Nair who was Oh, wow. That. Yeah. And, um, I, and <laughs> Grinder's like, I don't think she would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've met her and I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah. So I she's was, fantastic I was, though. I love her. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, Grinder, you, you get a spotlight in the book. <laughs> so that's how she ended up in the story. So did you sell film rights before you actually sold print rights? I did. I sold film rights first and then wow. three weeks later I sold the book. That's really impressive. Yeah, it was a little backwards. Like that's what my editor and my my agent kept saying. They're like, "You you're doing this all backwards, Nisha." I'm like, can't help it. It, it confirms <laughs> what I've been saying in that um, I think with a uh, North American pop culture, as far as the rom com genre goes, um, mm -hmm. especially in film, uh, it's really taking off in um, 
and stories about quote unquote minority groups. I, I hate using that term, but you know, we just got the big sick and we're getting crazy rich Asians. And I feel like, I feel like that's where we're actually getting uh, interesting and yeah. engaging romantic stories, mm-hmm. uh, which is exciting. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully this gets, uh, becomes a part of the trend as well. Yeah. Um, so I've got a couple of kind of rapid fire questions <laughs> for you. And this one's kind of playing off that last one. So, Keeping in mind the way that uh, Bollywood films are cast, who would you cast as the characters in the novel? You mm. can use anyone you want, even if they are 30, 40 years old. It's up to you. Yeah, you can de-age them if you'd like. <laughs> uh, so Winnie would be Pariniti Chopra. Oh, yeah. um, Dave would be Siddharth Malhotra. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, can you guys guess who Raj would be? Hmm. Raj, maybe Varun Dewan? Yeah, I, I wrote him to be to look like that. <laughs> He's kind of got that same cocky attitude. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, nice. yeah, so that would be my, my trio. And then for Bridget, um, I mean, there was this Disney Channel show, like, like Good Luck, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the main character, I can't remember her name. Her name was actually Bridget. Hmm. And, uh, I would, I would have casted her as my Bridget. Okay. We will have to look up the name of the actress and put it in the notes. Yeah. How about Winnie's mom and dad? Um, Winnie's mom and dad are a little bit more elusive. And I think the reason why is because so much of my parents went into them. Mm. So anytime I think of them, I think of my folks. So it's really hard to put another face to them. Mm. Um, you can do the Aziz Ansari and just cast your own pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I it's a pretty good move. I was kind of thinking, oh, who was it in Burley Kiborfi? Pat Cat Shrifathi. He was a really good dad in that movie, and I think he would be good in your movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. He's kind of like, you know, he's not a domineering father. He's just kind of like your buddy father almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I always thought Anupam Care was like the perfect dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, it, it seems like he just made it to dad in the 90s and it's just kept going dad in every movie. It's sense. He, he could just be a dad almost forever. Yeah. And he's a good one. He's like just a he's a fabulous dad. So so I mean, I think Anupam Care is definitely would be another option. Yeah. He really found his niche, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So. Here's a question that I've wondered about in reality and which you specifically mention in the book. And I mm-hmm. wonder if you could highlight this a little bit more. Why do Indians sit in the back of the theater? Because so, we sit in the front. Yeah, we always <laughs> sit in the front and just like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. So, do you know, the first time I went to a theater in India, it was so funny. I was yelling. I was young. I was like maybe eight or nine years old or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was yelling at my parents, why are we sitting in the back? That's so lame. Why are we sitting in the front? And my parents were like, just go in the back. Just come with <laughs> us in the back. So you can see all the people who kind of, I don't want to say have money, mm-hmm. but uh, the people who are middle class, upper middle class generally took up the back. Mm-hmm. And then the people who um, kind of like got up and danced and were a little bit more rowdy and a little bit more rough around the edges would be a little bit more on the front. Hmm. 
Yeah, because India had, like, purchasing your own seat a lot earlier than North America seems to have done. And I guess it's almost more like a concert where you can, you know, kind of party up front or sit in the back. I just think it's weird here where if I'll go see a movie and uh, the entire balcony is all taken up and then no one is on the main floor, like, okay, well. It works out for us because Indian audiences tend to be a bit more chatty. (laughs) Yeah, and I think the other thing is, like, you see the screen better in the back. That's I think true. that's the other reason. <laughs> yeah, and that could be useful for uh, subtitles, too, depending on what film you're watching. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I don't think there's going to be a lot of subtitles for Bollywood films in yeah, India. Yeah, but if they're watching a regional movie, possibly. Yes, that is true. That is they, true. They don't really get subtitled there. We get them subtitled here. It's easier for us to see regional cinema than it is for them in India. Yeah, that does that's- seem off. Um, okay, here. this might be our most contentious question of all, and I think I know what you're going to answer. But we have to ask. Just based on having watched, uh, based on having read the book. Okay. Can you guess? Are you going to ask me who my, who my favorite actor is? No. Well, well what, sort of. specifically of your favorite uh, Khan. I have to say, this is actually a harder question. Mm-hmm. Um, than They're all great. Yeah, so, so Salman Khan... His previous movies were good, and then he ran into a little bit of legal issues, and that's just, just a horrible. Tad. Yeah, just a little. Yeah. <laughs> just a tad. He's been, you know, dealing with this court battle for, like, years, and, you know. Yeah. Um, so, which is kind of terrible, and he's also, you know, a documented abuser, which is also kind of terrible. But yeah. um, his so his movies before he became a terrible human being, hopefully he he had a moment where he became terrible and he was not terrible his whole life. Mm-hmm. But um, early on he was good. And then after that, it's just, I, I have not been able to watch his movies without having all of his backstory tainted. Yeah. Um, and then Amir Khan, I think has always been the most consistently um, well, a consistently talented actor who has produced some of the most memorable films in Bollywood history. Mm-hmm. Um, and Salman uh, and uh, Shah Rukh Khan. Um, I think I've always just had a, like a love for his movies because I grew up watching them. He was at the peak of his career. He was producing multiple movies a year and that's kind of what made him as big of a megastar as he is because he had hit after hit after hit after hit. And, um, they're all mass produced, um, you know, genre films that just did really well. And, um, in my impressionable youth, that's what I remember about Bollywood. And I think in the last probably five to 10 years, um, I have to say he hasn't been, um, making as great, of movies as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because, you know, he's acting with actresses more than half his age. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's um, tough to get the chemistry right when they could be your daughter. Exactly. Um, I had high hopes for the Vale because Gajol was coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, it was just a very poorly stitched together film. Um, but the chemistry was still there and I'm kind of hoping one day they'll come back and do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and do a movie again together. Um, and so I have to say in Shah Rukh Khan's prime, he probably produced 
some of my favorite movies. So Mm -hmm. if we're talking about bodies of work, Mm -hmm. Shah Rukh Khan, I guess, would be my favorite. But um, if we're talking about quality films, like consistent quality movies, Amir Khan has to take it. Hmm. It's a complicated answer for a very short question. I'm sorry, you know, I put a lot of thought into that. Question. Oh, I usually weasel out of it by saying my favorite sci-fi con. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, please tell me that's not true. He's great. <laughs> I think for anyone who really loves Bollywood, though, it is a complicated question. Yeah, they all and, have yeah. their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, they exactly, and you know, at, on certain days, I will say someone different. You know, depending on what right. movies I just saw, depending on what mood I'm in. I could say, you know, you know, Amir Khan one day and Shahrukh Khan the next day. I rarely say Salman Khan, partly because I, I think a lot of the stuff in his personal life has tainted his on-screen per- persona right. for me. Mm-hmm. Though I, I do still love going back to those movies from the '90s because uh, right. he he's so charming and he he seems almost innocent. But yeah. yeah, depending on on what day of the week it is, you know, I could give you a different answer. So it right. it is it is complicated and. You know, I think the reason why this idea of the three cons continues to um, persist is because they all kind of offer something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and together, you know, they kind of represent Bollywood in a way. Yeah. Right. Right. Definitely. So uh, uh, one of the features I quite liked about the book was that you get uh, Winnie's film reviews in it. And at mm-hmm. the end of the book, you have a bit more um, room to uh, expand on the films. Uh, but would her reviews match what you think about the movies? Uh, some of them, um, actually most of them would. Some of them I'm kind of like, ugh, I did not like this movie at all. <laughs> but it's the sort of thing a teen girl would like? Uh, I think that I was thinking more of the character itself, not necessarily a teen girl in general, mm-hmm. but um, based on Winnie's personality and how um, aggressive she is, um, how dedicated she is to Bollywood film. I had to keep that in mind when I was reviewing them. Yeah. Otherwise, it was just me saying, this is great. <laughs> it's a pretty Forever. decent overview of like a lot of the hits of kind of contemporary Bollywood. Yeah, too. some big classics that you should seek out as well. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it'll serve as a good primer for people who've never seen a Bollywood film or picking up the book because they like YA books. And then they've got this entry. And how can you not want to, you know, watch some of those movies when the book is just so, so enamored with, with Bollywood? Like that, that's infectious. And I love how after every dream sequence, she sits down and watches the movie that appeared in her dream. Yeah. And I, I was proud of myself for catching pretty much all of what um, films were being referred to in those dream sequences. Which I think is to your credit, you know, as we were talking about adapting that visual language to text, you know, as soon as you mentioned there being like a, a Volkswagen Beetle, I think it is, in, yeah, in, in a Jilted dance Poggle studio, Hair, yeah. I'm like, oh, I know what's going on. Yeah, it helps that we had just seen that movie, too. Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> but yeah, still. you mentioned, what did you think of it? Um, you know, I I liked it. Um, it's, it's definitely a goofier sort of film with a lot of uh, Shark's character early on. I'm um, still amazed that he was able to leave that uh, dressing room without noticing his pants weren't on, <laughs> but like his shoes were on. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I like all the actors and uh, we, we did it against uh, Tall, not against, but we, we watched uh, Tall at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think I just like that kind of 90s style a bit yeah. more. 
I do. I love the '90s style. That's my favorite. That's my favorite era of Bollywood. That like '90s through the early 2000s. I think that like the that's considered the second golden age of Bollywood film. And mm-hmm. that golden age, they had nailed the dance sequences. Every choreography was something that drew masses to the theaters, and you know, music numbers drew masses to the theaters. And um, I think that just the body of work that came out during that period of time, which is so many hits, like mm-hmm. in the last five years of Bollywood, I mean, I could probably name a dozen hits and that's it. But in, in like a five year span in the nineties, early two thousands, it's, it's so numerous, the number of quality films that came out. Something that disappoints me about a lot of the Bollywood movies coming out now is there's not enough dancing for me personally. Yeah. So going back to to something like Delta Pago High, I was just like the dancing is so integral to to that film mm-hmm. and and kind of the the larger than life emotions and connections between the characters and you just kind of get yourself lost in it and you know that that film features heavily in the book. And so right. it was, it was kind of a, it was serendipitous that yeah. we, that we were planning on watching it just as we received the book. And it ended up being a, just really enjoyable to have both of these things at the same time to really kind of engage in. So, so I would recommend, you know, uh, reading and watching them together. I think that was really enjoyable. Yeah. It's also fun to see Akshay Kumar in kind of a uh, <laughs> secondary role in that film because he goes on to yeah. be such a big star in his own right. Oh. I mean, he was he was relatively big at that time anyway. So it was just surprising in general that he took that role. Yeah. Um, You know, he had a lot of really good films that had already come out by then. So, you know, when people saw him as like this guest character, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, they were really surprised. But, you know, he played such a great charming you know lovable guy when before he had kind of made his mark as an action star yeah Mm -hmm. so uh as we mentioned earlier the book is available on may 15th in stores and online and uh why don't you tell us where your fans in the states can uh, meet you in person Sure. So I will be launching at the Barnes & Noble Tribeca in New York City on May 15th at 6 o'clock. I will be in conversation with uh, Trisha Sakujawalia, who is the CEO of Brown Girl Magazine. Um, On May 16th, I will be in Boston at Porter Square Books at 7 um, and on May 17th, Children's Book World at 6.30. And on Friday, May 18th, I will be in Alexandria, Virginia um, at uh, Hooray for Books. Um, I will also be later in the year um, in Chicago, Denver, and potentially Toronto. Oh, nice. Um, uh, so I'm still working out those dates, but if you guys stay tuned to um, my or subscribe to my newsletter or check my website at www.nisha-sharma.com, there are going to be tons of updates coming um, as the year progresses. So um, that's where you can find the latest information on where I'll be and where you can order a signed copy of the book. So um, I highly recommend checking there. Great. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on the show and uh, good luck with the launch. Great. Thank you so much for the opportunity, guys. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. 
If you're a young creative looking to get a project off the ground in Edmonton or Calgary, you need to check out the ATB branch for arts and culture. It's a clubhouse, arts venue, and financial institution for Alberta creatives and cultural workers. Our members have access to industry-specific banking services and career development resources designed to help them do their very best work. They understand the challenges that artists face because they're artists themselves. For more information about what's going on at ATB, including where to find the arts and culture branches, go to atb.com. As a woman in her 30s, I find it could sometimes be daunting to keep up with what the kids are into these days. Luckily, our network mates, Karen and Elizabeth, are on the job. Together, they host That's a Thing, a sometimes belated, already outdated guide to your teens, tweens, and everything under 20. In each episode, Elizabeth, a teenager, explains a thing to Karen, her mother, and Karen tells Elizabeth how that thing relates to something she knows, maybe. I've personally learned about all sorts of things like fan fiction, the Tide Pod Scared, and YouTube celebrities Team 10. To find out more about That's a Thing and the Alberta Podcast Network, go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. Well, that does it for this supplemental, Matt. Mm -hmm. Uh, As I mentioned at the top of the show, we're actually doing a lot of traveling coming up here. So our next episode will be out in a couple weeks, but we're not entirely sure what we're going to do yet. So look towards our social media to to find out more it will hopefully be good <laughs> and uh and where can people find us matt in the meantime and to learn about what our next episode is going to be <laughs> well you can find us on facebook um just search for bollywood is for lovers you can find us on twitter at bollywood pod i'm also there at matt underscore b-o-w-e-s i'm there at erin e fraser e-r-n-e-f-a-s-e-r you can also find us on Tumblr at bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com. And something that should get looked at more often is our Letterboxd page, which has a mm. list of every movie we've talked about on the show. It's something like 160 movies now. It's pretty uh, It's pretty insane. And our Letterbox handles are the same as our Twitter handles. Yeah. You can also find us on Audioboom and selected episodes play on G Radio. If you're a fan of the show and you enjoyed this uh, supplemental and you'd like to hear more, uh, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a star rating and a review. It really helps uh, new people find the show. And uh, we're, we have some new reviews recently that we're going to read out on our next episode. So it'd be great to have even more. And while you're over there, please subscribe to my other show, Trash Right in the Movies, that I do weekly with Paul Matwichak. We're also taking a short break because I'm going to be out of town. But we just released an episode on uh, films about uh, websites. So we discussed the social network and you've got mail, uh, which I think was a lot of fun. Nice. And if you end up picking up Nisha Sharma's book, uh, let us know. Um, Yeah, we both thought it was pretty good. So let us know what you think too. Thank you for listening.